From Charter Hall and Banish, this is Sustainability Further. I'm your host, Lottie DL. You're listening to Sustainability Further, a podcast by Charter Hall. One of Australia's leading property groups, Charter Hall is focused on creating innovative spaces and going further to build a better future for all. In today's episode, we're chatting about what it means to go further when it comes to recycling. Scott and I chat about two big topics, FOGO recycling and what the future of Australia's recycling industry might look like. This episode is the third and final episode in our three-part series with Foresight Environmental. So if you haven't listened to our first two, I'd suggest going back and listening to them first. So thanks for coming back on the show today, Scott, for our final episode in this three-part series. We've been talking all about recycling and how Foresight and Charter Hall are working together. Are you able to share with us Foresight and Charter Hall's goals for 2021? Sure. Thanks, Lottie. Um, look, I think obviously we've come through 2020, which has been a bit of a crazy year for everyone. Um, and uh, it's fair to say the waste and recycling programs have been somewhat in limbo for a, a fair chunk of this year without many people in buildings. There's not a whole heap of waste being generated, which is, I guess, a good thing. <laughs> um, but uh, what I guess it means is we're, we're at a point now where people are starting to return to the office or, or certainly I think into early 21, we'll see lots more people return to the office. So I think immediate kind of plans, we, we've obviously got a great opportunity to sort of use this as a bit of a fresh start with a lot of people returning to the office. And I know the facilities managers have been doing a lot of work, you know, behind the scenes on, on bins and signage and all of that kind of thing, sort of getting ready. Um, so that to us, I think it's a great opportunity to kind of press reset on, on uh, people's behavior and culture in the office around waste and recycling and, um, launch with a, you know, a, a positive note with, with some good communication and engagement, which will be good. Um, so from that point, building on, I guess, the foundation in the recycling programs that are in the buildings, um, trying to just increase, you know, performance across the board, recycling separation, um, organic separations key, um, uh, as well as targeting a lot of the uh, tenant managed streams that uh, occur in a lot of buildings that Charter Hall potentially don't always have control over, like um, secure paper or toner cartridge recycling, trying to get a bit more visibility and transparency over those areas so that we're capturing good data from our buildings, um, from some of those activities that are occurring that, um, you know, we don't always see so uh yeah from that perspective that's sort of just onwards and upwards from the traditional recycling kind of point of view um beyond that i know charter hall are in the early stages of um looking at opportunities to participate in the circular economy so you know um whether that's small scale to start with or large scale i guess looking at different waste materials that might be being generated that could find different uses um, through maybe alternative processes, um, sort of thinking around building materials that could be used uh, or reused back in Charter Hall assets in, in new developments. Um, but as I say, early days, um, and uh, it's certainly something to be watching that space because I think there's some, some exciting opportunities there that sort of take us beyond what we know as maybe the traditional recycling into something that, 
you can sort of see a, a, a almost a, a closed loop within the charter hall um, ecosystem of a building. No, you're right. So I think it does come back to that. We've been at home and we've been creating so much more waste because you say we haven't been in the office creating waste. So we're really having a look at how much we actually do create as an individual. So in the past kind of couple of episodes, we've covered so many different topics like communication, packaging and recycling in general. But today I'd really like to talk to you a little bit more about organics recycling. We're seeing more and more councils introduce it at home. And I know organics is a waste stream that many of Charter Hall's buildings do offer. So can you explain a little bit about why it's so important to separate our organics, but also what happens to our food waste when it enters normal rubbish bins or the wrong bin? Yeah, sure. Um, look, yeah, I think food waste is... Um, is our biggest problem if we if we're not doing anything intentional with it, <clears throat> the default is that it goes to landfill, um, and we know it sort of sits in landfill, it rots in landfill in a relatively inefficient way, and and food waste in landfill is is one of the biggest emitters of greenhouse gases. So that as a kind of do nothing kind of scenario is, is not fantastic, and then uh, at the same time if it ends up in our other recycling streams like mixed plastics or, or paper cardboard. Uh, it's the biggest source of contamination in those streams. So people, you know, commonly might have a recyclable kind of carton that their food is in and they throw it in the recycling bin, but the food that they've thrown it with is, has then just contaminated that whole bin. So it, it's a, it's a huge issue for um, the recycling systems in our buildings and certainly for the, recycling facilities that then ultimately might receive that waste they, they it's a big problem for them as well so the importance of doing something intentional with food i.e implementing a food waste stream um, whether that's in your building at work or like you say with the councils finally doing it which is fantastic uh, it's really really important because when we do something intentional with it it's actually such a valuable resource that is just crazy that we would be wasting it literally wasting it throwing it to landfill when it could be being turned into really high value compost fertilizer that that will benefit directly benefit you know australian agricultural applications for example through you know soil improvement um which is a big deal in australia um through to you know the the fertilizer that you get at, at, at Bunnings on the weekend for your own home garden, so it, it's hugely important. And if we're not separating it properly, like literally just getting your food waste into a dedicated bin and then dealing with your packaging separately, um, it, it it causes huge problems and, and and literally is just a wasted resource. So it's super important if you if you if you have a food if you come back to work and there's a food waste bin provided in your office. Uh, please use it, uh, scrape your food into that, put your packaging somewhere else after you've rinsed it so it's nice and clean and you'll be doing your part to fix Australia's recycling problems. <laughs> Definitely. You make it sound so, so easy and it's like it composting is. without all of the mess <laughs> and the grime and the dirt or anything like that. It's the easiest That's thing right. you can do. So. In the 2021 budget, the government set aside almost $250 million to take responsibility for our waste. In their words, this money will be used to drive a $1 billion transformation of our recycling industry that will create more than 10,000 jobs. 
Aside from jobs, what does this mean for the future of the Australian recycling industry? Um, well, it's, a, it's another huge question from you, Lottie. I like these things. <laughs> really like to <laughs> Sweep, throw you in the deep end. Sweeping questions. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Um, look, it's it's obviously awesome um, that the government's sort of set aside that kind of amount of money. What what that represents is, is sort of the government's in-kind contribution to um what is a far larger requirement of capital. So it, it takes government and private sector um, investment to fix, uh, I think, Australia's recycling challenge because, uh, you know, these massive uh, scale facilities that are required um, and, and the geographic scale of Australia means that lots of facilities are required in lots of different areas. Um, and they're just obviously hugely expensive. So um, it, it does require a lot of private sector investment as well, but this is the government sort of doing their part and, and, and taking that step to say, well, this is what we can do um, at the moment, which is good. Um, and I think what it means is, is, is yeah, it's, 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 I guess, us taking responsibility for our own waste and recycling or our recycling more, more, more than anything is that, it's for so long been something that we've kind of delegated to maybe lesser developed markets, countries offshore, um, which as we've all learnt sort of over the last couple of years now, that it's it, that hasn't been the most sound kind of strategy. I think both both morally and economically, we could be doing so much better um, for by taking responsibility for, for that material and, and our own waste that we've created. And in the same way, we just talked about organics, actually turning into a valuable resource. At its core, the recycling industry is a commodity industry. It's a commodity market with base materials that all have value. Um, at the moment, we don't have um, enough infrastructure to, to, to create value out of the materiality, which is why we've had to send it offshore. But this, this um, pledge, this investment um, is hopefully the start of, of what will be, um, you know, uh, building the capacity and the capability of Australia to, to, to be the leader it should be in in the Asia Pacific region um, to 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 deal with our recycling and create real value and reuse it here onshore. So, look, they're exciting. Um, I, I always sort of reserve a little bit of enthusiasm because it's a little bit of a wait and see kind of thing <laughs> with these things. They're, they're big problems and they don't get fixed overnight. But it's certainly positive, and it's and it's it's the res it's the minimum response I think we we were hoping for. So it's good. Yeah, definitely. And I think, as you say, it's not just going to be the fix to everything, but it is a step in the right direction. And it, it is showing that it is being made a priority, even if it's not the top priority. It is getting onto that list, and it will improve and go further and further and further. Hopefully. Let's hope so. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So aside from kind of bringing, well, tr starting to kind of invest in onshore resources for recycling, what are you most excited about? Another big question about kind of 2021 and the recent developments we've had. I feel like although it has been a bit of a slower year in the fact in kind of on-site recycling for a lot of office buildings, there has been a lot of changes that have happened across the industry. What's kind of something reflecting back on 2020 that has kind of made you super excited or something that was achieved that you didn't think that was going to be achieved? Anything that comes to mind? Um, 
I think, well, you, you, you mentioned it and again, we keep talking about it, but you mentioned it earlier about a lot more councils introducing um, the food organics, garden organics for home. So I think a function of everyone being at home from the office, as you said, it sort of transferred waste from the office back to home, which then means the waste problem lay with our councils. Um, and we've known for so long that food makes up such a big part of our, our um, residential waste. And so for them to then take that step and that investment um, to implement a, a, a you know, a, uh, scale of, of of recycling for food waste in in local government areas is is really positive. Um, I know I know Victoria. A lot of Victorian um, councils have, have really just taken that leap and huge investment for those councils and and long term plans. Um, but really really encouraging to know that sort of I guess obviously through a challenging situation with COVID and people working from home. Um, specifically within the waste industry, that has meant it's forced the hand, I think, of some councils to to think outside the square a little bit or go beyond their their norm and and understand that if they continue to just do the same old thing, that their their waste budgets are going to continue to increase as landfill levies increase. And and so it's it's you know, it's just a really, I guess, um, nice snapshot of the way recycling should actually add value at, at all at all levels. And so for that council level to recognise that they can't keep doing things the way they've always done it um, and that it might actually be cheaper to do things really sustainably um, is super encouraging. And again, putting that back to the office scenario, I think it's just, it's, it's one more feather in the cap kind of to sort of change culture, change behaviour, change people's approach and mindset to waste actually being a resource and and can I do something different or better with with whatever this is and 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 food waste is a big part of that and coming back to the office then with maybe some of those change behaviors and seeing really simple systems set up for you there to use to dispose of your food waste really really um easily um it sort of joins the dots beautifully from my perspective so that's kind of one thing specifically that's come out of 2020 within our industry that I would say is a positive because there's been lots of challenges within the waste industry. So certainly within the commercial um, industry, you can imagine waste contractors, uh, you know, they're, 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 the waste that they would have picked up from buildings has, you know, disappeared by like 90%. And so that ha- that then has flow on effects for the industry in general. And, you know, the, the opportunities that are available um, when, when waste contractors don't have the same kind of economies that they used to. So lots of challenges. But, um, yeah, look, that would be one takeaway that I would say has been a kind of a welcome surprise. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a very positive way to look at it. And with the introduction of so many FOGO bins all from Mm. the different councils, as you say, it is an upfront investment. It is going to be extra trucks on the road, but Mm -hmm. it means that our general waste collection bins should be smaller. They should be reduced by around 40%, statistically speaking. And it means that those actual bins, uh, sorry, those actual trucks that are picking up our waste should actually be reduced by 40% because during COVID they saw a massive increase and they were Mm -hmm. having to do extra pickups and they're having to put extra trucks on the roads just to pick up that extra waste. So I think it does, it's like so many different things with sustainability. It's that initial investment can really be quite 
quite costly to start with, but yeah. the long-term benefits and the savings that you do get are definitely worth it. Absolutely. And it would become business as usual. So, you know, I think, you know, generations ago, paper or, or you know, plastic recycling would have been seen as a, a new concept and a costly investment to have the infrastructure set up. But for for, for us now, it's, it's just absolutely built into our psyche. It's what you do. And food should be no different. And, and I think it won't take long for that to be um, built into the way we we approach our food waste. Yeah, no, definitely. So in the theme of going further, which is today's episode, what does engaging in recycling look like in the future? How we recycle like anything will no doubt change. For example, like the fact that we are recycling our food waste. So what are some materials or concepts that you're reading about and are inspired to recycle in the future? Um, so there's, there's always a lot happening. Um, I think something that's emerging right now in the Australian market, which is not necessarily new globally. I mean, it's been technology in Europe and used for a long, long time, but we are seeing, um, waste to energy, um, incineration processes being introduced into the Australian industry, which I know is not technically recycling, um, but as a, as an alternative to um, some problem waste streams that at the moment don't have a, a, a sort of an obvious home in a traditional recycling stream that ordinarily probably would be at going to landfill right now to have a, have a, an alternative solution, which is, is, you know, creating a coal replacement fuel energy source. I think that's, um, that is actually super exciting. Um, I know it can be, maybe somewhat polarizing because people think burning waste is not a great solution and, and certainly burning valuable materials that could be used for something of high value um, is, is um, not ideal, but using materials, as I say, problem waste streams that, that, that really don't have a, have a um, viable solution for, it's actually, uh, I think, a, a, a really interesting development in the industry. And I think it's going to become far more prevalent over the next, I think, five to 10 years. So, you know, short, short to medium term, certainly in the timeframe of how long recycling facilities take to get going. So that's something to look out for um, in Australia. And then beyond that, sort of far more out there, there's amazing stuff being done um, right now in Australia uh, and I know a lot of work being done out of the University of New South Wales at the moment. They've got an amazing um, program where um, some incredible um, scientists are looking at um, waste materials and problem underused materiality, uh, looking at sort of at a micro level, like a, a molecular level and breaking down material into base compositions to then repurpose them into, you know, fibres and filaments um, uh, to be used, let's say, in 3D printing or um, building materials that, that, that didn't exist, basically. Um, crazy kind of out there science, but it's literally happening right now. They're doing it right now. Um, and so to me, that's, that's incredible to think that I would certainly think, believe that in, in, in my lifetime, we're going to see you know, technology and, and, and science like that 
take stuff that we don't have any solution for right now into being able to be reused and repurposed into materials that literally didn't exist before um, to the point where, you know, you can, you can literally see how what we, what we might think of as waste right now is literally a valuable resource. Like you wouldn't throw a, a, a pair of gold earrings away right now, but I, I sort of see a lot of our waste materials becoming like that in the future through these amazing technologies that are, that are being piloted right now. So what that looks like in, in, in practicality, I don't know at this stage, but it's, it's literally happening now and, and I'm sure we'll see it fully come to fruition in, in, in various forms. So super exciting that I think the, the problems that, you know, you and I have talked about and people talk about uh, around Australian recycling, we're going to look back on um, and think how primitive this is right now. Like what were we doing and look how far we've come. I, I truly believe that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always optimistic um, and hopeful. And, and I think we're, we're certainly of promise and hope in, in, in these technologies to know that, yeah, the problems we face today are not the problems that we're challenges we're going to be overcoming, you know, 50 years from now, which is, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. No, the University of New South Wales are doing some absolutely groundbreaking stuff at their campus in recycling. And there's just, as you say, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I think we are Mm. seeing this trend and just the conversations that people are having now about recycling are so much more prevalent than they've ever been before. So I think it is just the start of everything, which is really amazing. And it is inspiring because I often get asked, in my kind of role, do you feel Mm. disheartened? Do you feel disappointed or kind of like there's no hope being surrounded by by these kind of topics each and every day? Mm -hmm. But I think it's almost the opposite. I feel inspired and empowered because there is so much stuff happening. There's so many amazing people out there who, like you, are just doing such great things. So it's about remembering that when you kind of open up a yellow bin on the side of the street and you see that it's filled with coffee cups, which shouldn't be in there. It's going, no, there are great things happening. And even though you might feel like you're pushing against the current, you're not. You're it is it's definitely mm. changing. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I think, you know, Again, we, it's always helpful and maybe a nice way to sort of finish our, our three-part chat is to sort of come back to where we started and, and just revisit, like, what, what can you do as an individual? What's in your hands? Like, yeah, they're big, big challenges, you know, on sometimes global scale, so they can be overwhelming at times to, to think about all at once. But uh, at its at its base we're all individuals making choices every day and and you and I can make those choices and everyone can do the same I think that simplifies it and and puts the power back into the individual and and as we've said before particularly with waste it's the most behavioral kind of thing I think within sustainability a lot of time because it's something that we touch every day and we we have control and responsibility over every day so yeah I'd just encourage everyone to to not always be, you know, caught up with maybe the media saying everything's doom and gloom and just understand that, yeah, we can make better choices every day and, and they all add up on a huge scale. So there is hope and I think it's it's cool to be part of it. 
No, definitely. No, I think that's the perfect way to wrap this up. So thank you so much again for sharing all of your wisdom and tips and inspiration with us for the past three episodes. It has been, as I say, enlightening to hear more about what's happening kind of beyond the bin, but also to be reminded that as individuals, we can make a big difference. So thank you. Thanks, Lottie. Really appreciate the opportunity. It's been great. This conversation is part of Charter Hall and Banish's podcast series, Sustainability Further. This series has been designed to inspire Australians to be more environmentally responsible and to take climate action. Sustainability Further is produced by Banish. Charter Hall's purpose is to create better futures by bringing aspirations to life.